Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Before we begin, if you like what you hear on Mile High Report Radio Podcast, don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and... Go ahead and click subscribe wherever you get your podcast. You're listening to Mile High Report Radio with your hosts, Adam Malnati and Ian St. Clair. Get involved with the Denver Broncos conversation at milehighreport.com. And now it's time to get to work. Adam, with the Broncos starting training camp and actually being on the field, though you don't really know it because there really isn't any coverage of it, it's bringing out my favorite pick of this entire draft. And that that might even be after his the story that the Broncos website did on him and the quotes that he generated. He might even be above Jerry Judy now for me because I think that's how important that's how vital he is to this team and to this offense to be successful. And I'm obviously talking about Lloyd Cushenberry and I get it. He still has to win the starting job. He hasn't been handed it to him. It hasn't been handed to him yet. I think he has to, to beat Patrick Morris, who I think is the other center on the roster right now. Now that Connor McGovern is with the jets, but it, it, if you haven't read the story, it's on the Broncos website. I linked to it in horse tracks. I wrote about it. We're going to talk about it now because this story dropped later in the week after we recorded last week's podcast. I I just, I, I am blown away by Lloyd Cushenberry. I am, I'm blown away by his maturity. I'm blown away by the fact that he, he, like Drew Locke, he gets it. 
I mean, and I, I keep we keep going back to this. Anytime we talk about Lloyd Cushenberry, we talk about how he was the leader for that LSU national championship team. It wasn't Joe Burrow. It was Lloyd Cushenberry. That's who the Broncos have now at center. And it's just, it, it's incredibly exciting, especially with the dichotomy of what's going on at tackle. And now you have an interior with Lloyd Cushenberry, Dalton Reisner, and Graham Glasgow that could be one of the best interior lines in football. And it starts with Lloyd Cushenberry. And again, he has to win the starting job, but I have no doubt that he's going to do it just because of the drive and motivation that he has. Yeah, it's a, a really kind of a cool thing to see. Uh, and we've talked about this in the past as well, the shift for John Elway and his staff to uh, looking at guys beyond just their, you know, their sort of play on the field and also identifying uh, team captains, guys that have um, – what you would call good character, or at least they have those good character qualities that uh, they don't have any any issues that might pop up that would show that they are going to be a problem in some way. And I, I know that um, that has been something that has created an atmosphere where the, the Denver Broncos have, have brought in young players who are like, and I'll, I'll th- throw Dalton Reisner out there as another example uh, of guys who are high moral character, team leaders, you know, that, that big leadership factor, and then they're going to contribute right away. And I think that is something that uh, you see because of the maturity of players like that, right? You, you get a, a certain sense of these guys are here to work. These guys are here to be mature. These guys are taking this seriously. This is their job. And, uh, and they respect the job, they respect the game, and they respect their, themselves and the people around them. And that, I think that that is a, a big part of Guys like Jerry Judy, who we see, you know, all these training videos. He's a he's another guy that's like that. You mentioned him. I think we we see that with uh, pretty much every every pick for the most part. That at least they're they're mature, they're leaders, they're they're the captains of their teams, those kinds of things. And Lloyd Cushenberry is the type of player that that maturity and, and that leadership quality is going to make him that much better. And it's going to help him advance more quickly. You you do have that sort of understanding that the less mature you are the harder it is to become uh, you know a, a contributor and um, we have examples of that throughout Broncos history and I'm going to throw out a name that don't don't throw anything at me but Paxton Lynch Paxton Lynch was a guy who I think had very little in the way of maturity he was he was he was just not ready for the responsibility of being a leader and being a, a great player in the NFL and his immaturity impacted his growth and he never really took off. There were other factors as well that, that played into that and I, we don't have to get into that, but that's something that I think is kind of an important aspect of this. And that actually also plays into if you look at other guys who have been successful around the league and, and here's another one for you. Don't throw anything at me. Patrick Mahomes, and yes, I know he puts ketchup on his steak, which is a childish move, but he's mature on the field. He seems like he's a a, a pretty stand-up guy. He's a good leader, and as much as we hate to talk about that, the fact that he has been able to take over for his team when he got plugged in, that's the quality of a leader. That's the quality of someone with high character, and those are the kinds of things that John Elway has started to strive for. Lloyd Cushenberry is a great example of that, and he does anchor that line if he can take over the starting role. And that is something that the Denver Broncos will desperately need in 2020 with the issues that you have at tackle, the rotating door that you may see at right tackle, the 
<laughs> all of the penalties that I guarantee you're going to get from our friend Garrett Holds Bowles. And so it's going to be imperative that that middle interior line is solid. And Lloyd Cushenberry can be the anchor of that. And like you said, he is start. He has sort of taken on that role. And I, th- I think you had a quote from, from Dalton Reisner in your story that I thought was great. And I'm just going to read a quick piece of it. Uh, Lloyd Cushenberry has been extremely impressive. You can tell that he knows his stuff. Uh, I wanted to think that I came in and had it down really, really quick. But that guy has it down really quick. I, I mean... That's the mark of a guy who came in and knew what he needed to do to prepare on the on the studying side of things and has also got himself in shape and ready to go. And, and I think that speaks volumes, especially coming from a high-character guy like Dalton Reisner. Well, and then you mentioned that quote from Dalton Reisner. There's also one from new offensive coordinator Pat Shermer, and I'm not going to read the whole quote, but he said, you can tell talking to a player you can see why he plays center because obviously they handle a lot mentally up front. He did a great job last year at LSU. He's really impressed us with how smart he is and his football awareness. That just, I mean, you can get it. He, he's football smart, but I also think he's smart off the field. And I think that's really, really important to be a successful center in the National Football League. That's how you can create that rapport with your quarterback because you can see things that maybe he may not be picking up on or you can be in tune and be simpatico with your quarterback because you can see and think the game like he does. And I think that's what's so – and I the title of the story or the headline of the story was uh, Lloyd Cushenberry and Drew Locke can form special duo for the Broncos and that's why because they both know how to think and see the game. And then they can talk about it. And speaking of that, this quote from Lloyd Cushenberry was probably what got me the most excited about all of this, because he made the comparison to Joe Burrow. And this is what Lloyd said. Drew's a great guy from what I've seen so far. He reminds me a lot of my guy Joe in college. They have that same personality, that confidence. When they walk in the room, people just gravitate to them. We've been around each other a a little bit. So far, he's been a great guy, a great leader. I'm sure he's the guy to lead this team. If they can replicate the success that Cushenberry had with Burrow at LSU, I think everyone in Broncos country would say, yes, please. Sign me up. Absolutely. And you're you're right. And I I love that there's this sort of tenor of excitement about uh, that particular area of the football field if you think about what most people watch football for it's it's you know touchdowns and scoring and big hits and sacks and those kinds of things you don't think about the the relationship between the center and the quarterback right or the interior offensive line being a a place of excitement but for for those of us who are sort of in it right we 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 study it we're we're constantly watching and 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 it's kind of one of those things that i mean obviously we do this on a weekly basis we do it twice a week during the season it does sort of give us the opportunity to get a little bit excited about something that we haven't had the opportunity to be that excited about for the last few years. And and I like that this is the direction that the Denver Broncos are going. Now, that being said, and all the, the wonderfulness that is 
the Lloyd Cushenberry story and what that could be, right? That's a that's a big potential story. That's a that's the world of potential, which is is fun to think about. There's also the flip side of that on the offensive line. The flip side of that on the offensive line is going to to be on that outside. And I talked about Garrett Bowles and I talked about the right tackle position with Elijah Wilkinson now because Juwan James has opted out. And there's that uncertainty there as well. But to be able to, and we'll, we'll get into that obviously, but to be able to sort of see the future a little bit, right? I think that that's the other thing about it. Lloyd Cushenberry, Drew Locke, you know, a first-year player, second-year player, the, the potential of that future combination is something that I think we can all get excited about. Don't even mention the wide receivers that you can get excited about or the, the young tight ends that you can get excited about or the, the running back from, from the state of Colorado, right? The Colorado kid himself and Philip Lindsay and what Melvin Gordon might be able to do. I know Melvin Gordon's a sore subject for some people. Don't, don't worry about all that stuff. Just look at the interior line and the excitement and then the connection you, you will see for the next potentially 10 years between a center and his quarterback. I love how you mentioned the attention that an offensive line is getting, an offensive line men, because that always reminds me of Bernie Lincecum's quote about offensive linemen in the early 1990s. And if you remember the name Bernie Lincecum, he wrote for the Rocky Mountain News along with uh, Dave Krieger and Sam Adams when they were at the Rocky Mountain News, both of the columnists. And there's this quote that I, I, it's always stuck with me. The worst thing that can happen to any offensive line is to be noticed. Bright light is not good for the species. As one of the best of them once explained to me, we're like mushrooms. They keep us in the dark and feed us manure. <laughs> that is, I, I, I do like that quote. I, I think that the other thing, so, so I'll take that a different direction. As, as true as that I think was for a long time because you didn't want to hear from right you don't you don't want to hear your offensive lineman's name cuz usually if they're saying somebody's name that's playing on the offensive line it's about a penalty or a missed assignment that that led to a sack or something like that right so you don't want to hear the names of the offensive linemen but in the build up here when we start to talk about how we are excited about the team i think that on sundays i don't want to hear anybody's name on the offensive line but then on monday and and then throughout the rest of the week I, i'm happy if we're talking about them in positive terms and so I do think that's shifted just a little bit, somewhat with the intelligence of the fans. I think fans are getting smarter, and also with the understanding of the importance of that position that people have a tendency to ignore when really we probably shouldn't be ignoring it. The other thing it does is it allows me, since you mentioned the name Patrick Mahomes, you can ring the bell, F. Ryan Pace, because Patrick Mahomes should be in Chicago. Instead... Mitch Trubisky is in Chicago and Patrick Mahomes is in Kansas City. So yeah. thanks, Ryan Pace, you giant douche. I was just glad I was I was happy to be able to set that on a T for you. I don't I mean that's kind of it's not necessarily my goal in each podcast, but I do I do somewhat look for the opportunity to set up the old Patrick Mahomes, Ryan Pace rant. It's a mini rant that we get, and so I, I try and mention it and then let Ian do his thing. And that's that's always kind of fun. So uh, let's let's pivot now. Pivot uh, a little bit. Uh, it's not a huge pivot, right? We're sort of just really turning to the right a little. And let's talk about the situation with the right tackle. We obviously know that Juwan James has opted out. Uh, we talked about that in the podcast last week. Uh, so that that left a, a bit of a hole. But it's not as I, I don't know if it's as big a hole as we think it is. It's there's clearly a player there in Elijah Wilkinson who can fill the hole. 
but it is definitely not ideal to have to be relying on Elijah Wilkinson to plug that hole. And so it looks like the the Denver Broncos are going to, and they have, I don't know if they've done it yet. I know they brought him in, but it looks like DeMar Dotson is going to be the player that they are going to try and bring in to, to sort of, I don't know, I don't want to say plug up the hole, but create depth at that position. I think that's the only way to describe it because the one thing to know about Dotson, he's 34. And as we joked before we started recording, there's only one person who can be that old on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers roster, and that's Tom Brady. <laughs> and he is he's almost twice that age, right? Isn't he? He's pretty old. I mean, he's been around for a long time. Are we allowed to make he, age he, jokes about Tom 50. Brady? <laughs> yes. Okay. And we can also joke about Gronk's age because he can't count above ten. So he still thinks he's ten. He's a he's a ten year old kid. That's got to be what it is. And I think we've touched on this before, but how perfect is it that Rob Gronkowski is now in Tampa because now he is the embodiment of Florida man. Yeah, he's he's definitely Florida man. I, I actually brought that up uh, when I did the I recorded with uh, Ryan and Ben for Broncos Country tonight yesterday, and I think I said Florida. They asked me which NFL team is most likely to have a a, a COVID outbreak. Uh, you know, some question along those lines. And without skipping a beat, I said Tampa. And and the reason for that was partly because of Rob Gronkowski and because Florida man will rear his ugly head in some way. Uh, and it won't, Rob Gronkowski himself won't get it. It'll be somebody who hangs out with Rob Gronkowski. That'll, that'll be the situation there. <laughs> anyway, I, I digress. The, the whole point of this is DeMar Dotson being brought in, filling, filling that hole or at least sort of creating that depth it's not ideal. I don't think that that's really something that uh, everybody was looking for because essentially what Denver ended up having to do was go out and grab something off the the veteran trash heap and and bring somebody in who uh, they will hope can get better. But you never know. You never know what's going to happen with that, and I guess we're sort of in a, a wait-and-see mode. And I think the thing that to keep an eye on is I, I think that this – and I know the tackle bros out there don't want to hear this, but they should want to hear it. They have a plan in place that I think they will get tackle in 2021. I think that's where they will get it, whether it's through free agency or the draft. And they'll get an idea once and for all of what is Garrett Bowles. Yeah. I, because, I, yeah. You're right and, about that. And I, so I, while it's not ideal, and we've joked about Jawan James. I mean, I mean, it, it, I, I, w- I will not hold a guy accountable or rip on him, like I said last week, for opting out, especially when they have a newborn child, which is what Jawan James and his wife have. But we've always said that the best availability or the best ability is availability. And he ha- since he signed in Denver, he hasn't been on the field. So there's really – as much as there is hope that Juwan James could be who they thought he was when they signed him to that contract, he hasn't been on the field. So it's really nothing new for the Broncos. And we've touched on how uh, the Broncos like Elijah Wilkinson. And I think that comes from Mike Munchak and Chris Cooper. So it, while it may not be ideal because he's the guy who you threw all the money at to play the right tackle position, there's not, really i mean it's not really a surprise 
given that he hasn't been on the field. So I, I think this is just one of those, let's let it play out at tackle. We saw what we got. Hopefully they can get better with a year with Mike Munchak and Chris Cooper. They'll get to know each other. They'll get to know Drew Locke. That should help. That's what helped Garrett Bowles. It wasn't necessarily Garrett Bowles improving. It was Drew Locke. So that's the hope going into 2020, and then hopefully they will go in, and I think they have the plan to fix it in 2021. Yeah, I mean, I hope so. I I think the big issue is that hope doesn't block Joey Bosa. You know what I'm saying? Like, hope is not – is not stopping anybody from getting to Drew Locke. And so that unless unless you draft a guy named Hope, which that that would be sort of that would then disprove my my point, which is would be frustrating, but the point is that just just the hope of this will work. I hope it works as well, but Hope doesn't actually have any ability to do anything. The other thing that this sort of brings to bear, at least in my opinion, is just that the right tackle position more than any other position. And I'm, I'm going to include left tackle in this because I think at least there's a vision there that, that Elway has, whether it's correct or not is, is sort of beside the point, but the right tackle position is the Denver Broncos and John Elway's biggest blind spot. You, it, you could make the argument that it was quarterback, but I don't think it ever really was. It's just hard to find a quarterback. You could make the argument that it's tackle in general, because look at Garrett Bowles. But again, I think if nothing else, at least there's vision there. It's blurred vision to say the least, but it is vision. The middle linebacker position, I think, is one that Elway just ignores when we don't think that he should, although they've maybe lucked into some guys that are going to be pretty good. But right tackle is just his blind spot. It's just right tackle is the position that John Elway can't see. He can't see it. He can't get it right. And I wonder, and this is, this is maybe this is just from his playing days. You can see the right side as a quarterback better than you can see the left side, right? Blind side versus not blind side. And so because you can see the right side, maybe John Elway doesn't really value the right tackle position as much as he should or doesn't understand the way that it works as much because he was just always able to escape, right? John Elway was an escape artist on the field. John Elway was one of the best at, at, you know, improvising when a play broke down. And if you haven't had a chance to see him do those things, just, you know, pull up YouTube, type in John Elway and, and, you know, some pick a year and you'll find highlights of him escaping a, a rusher, either up the middle or from the right or from the left. Cause there were times when he played with bad offensive lines and he was able to make those things work. Maybe in his mind, the quarterback should just be able to make those things work, and so he doesn't see it as well as as being that big of a need. Although the way that he's thrown money around with people like Donald Stevenson, just want to drop that one off for you there, and then and then obviously the Juwan James situation, which I, I don't really blame Elway for as much as just you know health is what happens with people. Uh, it's just something that he can't, he just can't get a handle on it, and that'll change, that'll shift, that'll adjust, but uh, it has been an issue for him. And it's so weird because we've touched on how John Elway didn't have success until he had an offensive line. Not until Pat Bowlen made the trade with the Minnesota Vikings for Gary Zimmerman did John Elway finally start to have success. Did he finally get over the hump with a Super Bowl? And you can look at Gary Zimmerman, but he also had Tony Jones at right tackle. There are a lot of people who would say Tony Jones was better than Gary Zimmerman. I would Not one not, of them. Not but Hall of Fame voters, at least. <laughs> But Tony Jones was an anchor at right tackle, mm-hmm. and then they shifted him to left tackle when Gary Zimmerman retired. So it is so weird. It's just so weird. Yeah, it's... like you had the ability to to go after Mitchell Schwartz. Like I'm not 
I'm not going to say that Mitchell Schwartz would have signed in Denver, but you had the chance to go and get Mitchell Schwartz, like the best right tackle in football, bar none. Like you could, it's it, he's in the he's in the conversation. Donald Stevenson is not in the conversation. No, he was not. He he was not, is not, and will not be ever probably. So yeah, that's it's it. It's a blind spot, right? It's like he just can't – whatever like he he's does – like a left-handed quarterback. It's like he's flipped around and right tackle <laughs> is his blind spot yes. as a left-handed like – he's he morphed into Steve Young. Yeah, which is – I mean, Steve Young was good, but he was no John Elway. So maybe maybe better to stay John Elway. Don't become Steve – I don't know how that fits with any of what we're talking about. But, yeah, it's, it is something that you're, – you're right. There will be a move made in the offseason in 2021 to – Find a way to fix that. Now, the other thing that could happen here, and this is something that uh, that might play out because I believe Mike Munchak likes Elijah Wilkinson. I think that they like him because of his versatility and because he's he seems like he's able to learn. And being in a set position is something that may help him improve to the point where he could become a serviceable starting right tackle. They may get to the point where they go, we're set at right tackle with Elijah Wilkinson. We need to focus on left tackle. And that has to be the position that we're looking to fill and and moving on from Garrett Bowles. So I wouldn't be surprised if 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 that were to take place. I don't know that it will. I'm not predicting it, but it wouldn't necessarily surprise me, at least with the way that they sort of speak about Elijah Wilkinson and have utilized him in several different ways. He has been their pocket knife lineman ever since he arrived. Now if he can just be focused on that one position, that might make him that much better. I think they should do that regardless of whether Elijah Wilkinson becomes the starting right tackle. <laughs> yeah, there's the, just just change out the tackle positions no matter what, you know, just sort of make it work. Just I, I agree. make left tackle, just make left tackle what you focus on because are, we, are you morphing into a tackle bro for 2021 is that the idea? No, I'm just Garrett Bowles is not he's not it. What what if he is though? What if this season, what if 2020 becomes the season of Garrett Bowles? And the, and he has a phenomenal season, almost no penalties. I'm not going to give him no penalties. That's not going to happen. But almost no penalties. And he protects Drew Locke, and, and he becomes a, an anchor on that offensive line. Do you do you see the Broncos offering him? Because they, they, they declined that fifth-year option. Do you see them offering him an extension or some sort of contract at that point? Or is it just time to move on? So I'm going to use an analogy to sports betting in Colorado. So if you haven't signed up to, to bet on sports in Colorado, do it. It's free money. Like if you look at the sports books that are up, that are up DraftKings, FanDuel, BetMGM, BetRivers, all of them, they have absurd deals. So you're basically betting with free money. I wouldn't take that bet even with free money. <laughs> okay. Well, then I, I believe you've... I believe you've made your statement. I, I, I agree with you on that probably, but I, I just curious, curious where you're going with that. All right. So that's, that's clearly an issue as well. That's not the only news in the world. Should we, should we move on to new world news? What well, not world news, but it's football news still, but it's going to impact the Denver Broncos down the line, just like it's going to impact every team in the NFL. And that is the announcement that college football essentially at this point is canceled, right? We've, we have lost the college football season in 2020, except for maybe the sec. It looks like they're going to try and go ahead with conference games, which did you have any doubt that the sec was going to try and, and make it work no matter what, but 
losing college football is going to impact the NFL draft. It's going to impact what teams do as far as player evaluations. This is a this is kind of a big moment. And depending on what universities and conferences try and do to maybe bring back college football in the spring or something like that, it's going to impact what, what teams do in the draft. So I, I guess my question is, what do you think the process will be for teams like the Broncos who will will have to look at the NFL draft in a way that doesn't necessarily include any outcomes from college football, from the minor league system that is college football. So what's important to point out is as of now, only some of the the, the mid-major conferences have announced that they've either canceled or postponed the season. So in terms of a Colorado reference, Mountain the Mountain West Conference, uh, canceled the fall season. So we're still waiting on the Big Ten and the Pac-12. I think I think those two are working in connection with each other. I think what they do will have an impact on the Big 12. I, I wouldn't be surprised if the SEC and the ACC both go forward with playing. Yeah, I could almost I'd, see a merger there. Yeah, you didn't say the word merger. I'll say it. I could see a little merger there. ACC, SEC. I, I mean, I, the SEC wants Clemson to be around because they they want that. That's a big name, and so I could I could see a little merger there if if they decided to move forward as well. And then the other aspect that comes in is if the Big Ten does what seems the likely choice, which is to at least postpone the 2020 until the spring of 2021. There's talk that Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, Michigan State, and maybe even Nebraska form some super conference. But the thing that comes into my mind is why would the Big Ten allow that to happen? Because they have the rights to that school. You're going to allow the SEC to make money off of a school of the Big Ten playing football? Heck no, they're not. So I think that there would be some issues with that. But I I think – the big thing that's coming out is that both the Big Ten and the Pac-12 have realized what you touched on on one of our previous podcasts with the Boston Red Sox pitcher who got COVID and has had to to drop out and not play is what it's doing to the heart. That's what the Big Ten doctors and the Pac-12 doctors are focusing on. And at this point, I, I just I think it just makes the most sense to just not play in the fall and do it in the spring. But what that does is Tom Pelissaro asked this question, if college football moves to the spring, what happens to the 2021 NFL draft? He says the collective, embar- the, the, the collective bargaining agreement says each draft shall be held no later than June 2nd. So any delay beyond that would require approval by the players' union. Now, obviously, the players' union would approve that. I mean, this is uh, mitigating circumstances, to say the least. But it's just... It is fascinating what is going on. I, if you're a St. Louis Cardinals fan, what the hell are you thinking? Like they played five games. Well, it, it, it's interesting, and, and that sort of brings brings around sort of the professional aspect of it. I, I think that moving you you bring up a really good point about the draft. Let me let me go to that first. The, the fact that they could move the draft to as far back as June second to make that work. While it wouldn't be ideal, and we're living in a world right now where things aren't ideal, deal with it, okay? You have to make it work based on 
the hand that you've been dealt. So that's fine. I think that would work just fine. I could even see the players' union uh, allowing for a move back of the draft, even further back if necessary. That to me seems like you you end up getting uh, a season. You have the ability to uh, evaluate players, and then then you have the draft, and that that could work. So that's that's one part of it. Okay, and I think that eventually what you'll see is that's that's where this ends up going. The other side of this, and the thing that you just brought up that I think is fascinating is. The NFL has a has examples of what can happen if you do this wrong. And the the NFL can simply look at Major League Baseball and and recognize that if you don't do the lockdown stuff that they have had to do with Major League Baseball. If you if you don't make sure that players are not going anywhere but hotel ball field, hotel, plane, hotel, ball field, hotel, plane. I mean, there, it has to be absolutely locked tight. And if you don't do that, you're going to lose games. And there, there's a double-edged sword. And I, t- I talked about this um, I, I, with with Ryan and Ben on Broncos Country tonight. And I'll, I'll say it here because I think it's an important part of all of this. The, the NFL has a double-edged sword with their schedule. The amount of time between games gives them the opportunity to find out who might possibly be infected or who has had exposure to COVID-19 and they can isolate those people and they can try and sort of stave off anything that happens. The issue becomes if you have COVID in your locker room, then you have COVID in your locker room and that will shut your team down. And so the distance between games gives players an opportunity to go out make mistakes and get themselves uh, infected with COVID-19. But it also gives the league an opportunity to try and isolate those players as much as possible without it impacting the number of games that are played or when they play their games. So it is a situation where if you look to the Miami Marlins or the St. Louis Cardinals and you see what's going on with that, if you do it right and the players take it seriously, and I think that's the key here, and the players have to take it seriously, the coaches have to take it seriously, management has to take it. Everybody has to just say, you know what, whatever my political beliefs are, my feelings are about this, whatever I think about wearing a mask or not wearing, just, just, just do it. Just do it. Take it seriously. Pretend that you have to do this to survive because you do, and it will save the season. So you've, you've seen what happens with major league baseball. You've seen that it has some pretty big health impacts. You've seen that it could potentially cancel a season that has already started People have talked about that with Major League Baseball possibly being an issue. Don't let it happen. Take it seriously. Wear your mask. Don't go anywhere. Stay home. Go to the facility. Go home. Right. That's just, that's it. That's that's your job as a as a professional player in the NFL, as a coach, as a as a trainer, as as management, whatever it is. You go nowhere. You wear your mask. You do nothing to jeopardize the opportunity for you and your team to play football throughout the season. And that's why I think it's so huge that Joe Ellis and the Broncos have done that. They have set the, they have set the example that we're taking this serious. You do it too. And we've touched on how this is the most crucial part of the season for the NFL. If you, if you want to play in September, if you want to see the chiefs and the Texans kick off the season on Thursday, September 10th, now is the time to do it. You create these habits. You start to, to get a, you, you, the recall of what it's like to, to get these new habits, to get these new routines. That's how it's going to happen. Because the other aspect, and we've touched on this with the NFL, that's unlike baseball, is they have the short travel. 
They go to the whoever they're playing on that Saturday. They're there Saturday night, play the game Sunday, they leave. So you're not like a Major League Baseball team where you're there for four or five nights. But it, it is imperative that everyone in the league start to create these habits, start to get these routines in place now so that you can play in 2020. And I think the big thing with the Broncos is they haven't had any any positive tests since they've come back to the facility, which is going on over two weeks now when, when the rookies first reported on the 28th. So we're, we're two weeks in now. So this is, this is the crucial time. This is the crucial moment, I think, in the 2020 season if you want to see football in the National Football League. You've been listening to Mile High Report Radio. Get involved in the discussion at milehighreport.com. And as always, go Broncos. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus